0: Welcome to How to Live podcast with Dr. Chip Dodd, a series to help us see who we are made to be so we can do what we are made to do. Hello, this is Dr. Chip Dodd. Welcome to the How to Live podcast, Uncut. Today is a really interesting topic. Um, that may take a couple of passes to complete. The focus is predominantly about denial, but more importantly, what denial keeps us from and what de- what the breaking of denial, uh, denial allows us to return to, which makes all the difference in our lives. We are born with six freedoms that are part of Birth itself, we didn't make them. We did not create the urge within us to have them. They are simply a part of being born. And the purpose of them is to grant us the freedom to see who we're made to be so we can do what we're made to do in a world in need that is in need of, of our gifts, the gifts we bring that are developed over uh, long periods of time, in some ways, a lifetime itself. The five freedoms that we are born with are bestowed, excuse me, the six freedoms that we are born with are bestowed upon us by creation through our creator. Uh, these freedoms, these six freedoms, are foundational matters as to how we're created. And they are need to be used as an expression of who we're made to be so we can end up doing what we're made to do. And ultimately what we're made to do is to give our gifts to a world in need. And that ends up being an extraordinary form of fulfillment. The six freedoms are the following. I was born free and created foundationally by creation through our creator to actually be able to see what I see. Now, the purpose of seeing what I see and acknowledging being able to trust my own vision is to be able to see what I see, which will lead me to feel what I feel. Seeing and feeling are inextricably tied together. There is a difference between looking at something and seeing something. To actually see something is to bring it in and to actually experience it to look at something is to observe and watch the difference between looking and seeing in a real life example is uh, the great story of the great uh, the good samaritan who saw a man in a ditch and when he saw him what what happened was he was awakened to something familiar in himself whether it was compassion birth and empathy of having recognized himself as someone who at one time was in a quote unquote ditch to be a Samaritan during that time was to be a person who, uh, who knew the pains of rejection, uh, the pains of judgment from others, and would, ex- would know the wounds of uh, toxic shame. So somehow or another, the good Samaritan had a healing of some sort, and there were people who looked at that demand the in the ditch who were, let's just say, comfortable in their need to be somewhere else not having time to recognize pain. So they looked at the man in the ditch, but did not see him. The good Samaritan saw the man in the ditch and went to him. All the difference in the world. So seeing and feeling, even in the uh, limbic world, the world of the heart, the neuroscience world, that in reality, because the visual cortex is in the, honestly, the back of the brain, the back of the cerebral cortex, the light that passes into our eyes actually goes through the feeling center of the brain before it hits the visual cortex, cortex and we do what we, we identify as seeing. So the truth is we actually feel uh, in an impressionistic way before we actually see what we are, quote, looking at, unquote. So we're born to, with the freedom to see what we see so we can and to feel what we feel. We're also born with the freedom, number three, to need what we need. Because when you see, you will awaken to feelings and feelings will awaken you to needs. Uh, and then the fourth freedom is the freedom to talk about what I'm experiencing through what I see, what I feel, and what I need. The fifth freedom is to be able to trust my heart with others. Because everything that, that we were born free to experience are all matters of the heart. And we were born to develop the habit of the heart of being able to talk about our internal experiences, which would grow us up. It would grow the child up into the person that they're created to be without losing or needing to hide the heart, which is what denial does to us. It's a form of having to depress or get rid of or go blind in heart. So we will not experience the vicissitudes, pain, struggles, and rejections of life, especially in the beginning from important people. The sixth freedom that we were born with is to be able to imagine ourselves in a life that is being lived fully or fully alive. So the six freedoms that we were born with, and remember, if, if you listen to other podcasts, these freedoms, we're actually powerless over expressing. They come with us being done without us thinking about them. It's actually the way we're created to live. Therefore, it's clearly the way we're created to express ourselves, to be connected to others, God, and to grow into becoming who we're made to be, so we can do what we're made to do. Now, remember, uh, I write about in The Perfect loss so that there's a big difference between being a grown-up and, and an adult. A grown-up is a person who's, who's developed the capacity to use executive functionings in continuing to be compelled by what's going on inside of them to move into life, to live it fully, by basically making it better than it was. So an, an adult is a person who copies those around them to fit in so as not to be found out, as not knowing what to do or having insecurities, fears, or shame. So an adult is a person who wears a mask to hide the one who never grew up. A grown up is a person who practices the habits of the heart out loud and develops wisdom, faith, capacity for intimacy, forgiveness seeking, the freedom of forgiveness, passion, <clears throat> acceptance, and on and on. These extraordinary capacities to be able to live fully, love deeply, and, and lead well. So these six freedoms with other people who are free Help us to grow up into people who recognize that we have gifts, or rather, gifts meaning that you have creative impulses within you that you hunger to express in certain ways, with the hope that they will end up benefiting others, and also at the same time fulfilling your the joy uh, and the attention that comes from the approval that comes from you doing what you're made to do. So I'll repeat the six freedoms, and then move on to what happens to us so often. Number one, we are born with the freedom to see what we see. Number two, which leads us to express what we feel, to feel what we feel, to awaken through feelings and seeing, to need what we need, To through seeing what we see, feeling what we feel, and needing what we need. Number four, we talk about or express what's going on within us. It becomes an expression called the habit of the heart. Uh, telling the truth about what's happening so we can grow into who we're made to be, connect with others, learn about life, deepen connection, and therefore deepen expression. And then fifth, to be able to trust our hearts, the matters of the heart with others. And number six, all leading to our continual ability to express ourselves as creatures who can imagine life being better, even better than it was before the day began to live in the capacity to set our faces towards the future, not as a way to escape the present, but as a way to to continue to build what we dream in the future by applying ourselves in the present. These six freedoms are born to be grown, and they're born to be kept. They're born to be valued. However, what happens to uh, many of us is that we end up through messages, from important people from through messages from important people we we can self-interpret or we can vow or we can actually be told to give up our freedoms for approval to belong and matter to important people we will often self-interpret that something's wrong with the way we're born we will vow in many ways, not to expose how we came into life and what we came to life created by God to be able to see, say, and act upon. Or we can end up actually being told that something's wrong with us by being the way we are. But in the process, uh, and so we'll do that to, to get approval. Now, seeking approval is actually healthy. These things allow us to seek approval, to seek affirmation, to seek the fulfillment of belonging and mattering. But the price that we pay to receive approval from important others is not to supersede how we're created or the God that created us. And that's where the tragedy comes in. The need to belong and the need to matter has to be grown by people who appreciate these six freedoms. If you're around people who do not appreciate the six freedoms are rejecting of the six freedoms threaten rejection through your expression of the six freedoms. In other words, they reject your expression of, of of being who you're created to be. What happens is the need to belong and the need to matter is so powerful that to fit in, you will often develop by uh, it's it's by sheer the energy, the sheer need to belong and matter. It's not something you consciously do is something that actually happens unconsciously because the need to blind matter is so powerful that your brain will actually make adjustments to slip into a condition, a defensive condition, called denial. And denial literally means to be blind. And that's what the power of denial is. It'll, it, it, it actually creates a defensive structure that allows us to act in a way we're supposed to instead of being who we're made to be it keeps the heart hidden for safety purposes now the intention is hopefully that you will get to a place when you're no longer in the same condition or under the same oppression and then you will be able to return to expressing yourself but the problem is that denial actually creates a a way of looking at life interpreting life and acting in life without the expression of the of the six freedoms We hope that you are benefiting from this podcast. If you are interested in more material from Dr. Dodd, please go to chipdodd.com or Sage Hill Podcasts. Thank you for listening. We now return to the rest of the podcast. So denial, what it does, it, says, it literally says, if I'm going to belong in matter... If I'm going to be approved of, I have to act in a certain way. And so, therefore, I do not see what I see. In the alcoholic family, for example, a lot of research was, has been done in that territory since the 1970s. In the alcoholic family, one of the main ways to uh, uh, survive keep homeostasis or balance in the family to, to, to lower conflict, decrease tension, lower stress is through denial, that a child will literally not be able to see that the father or mother is in an alcoholic stupor. They will actually be, are led to interpret reality differently than the way it is. For example, they'll say, well, so-and-so is just sleepy, or they just go to sleep. They are so tired from work or... This person, uh, has the flu or stomach bug or something like that when the person's throwing up from, from alcohol poisoning or something like that. So denial literally is there to protect us from the world being out of control and which means to be rendered rejected or abandoned by the very people we need. That's what out of control is to the child. So denial says, I do not see so that I will not feel. And remember, feelings and needs, feelings and sight are inextricably connected. So it's happening so fast that we have to get rid of our feelings and blind ourselves to what we're actually seeing so that we won't wind up, end up needing in ways that will render us vulnerable. So I do not see five characteristics of denial. I do not see so that I will not feel. And I do not feel so that I do not need. Because if I need, I'm going to be at risk of talking about what I'm actually seeing, feeling, and needing, and that puts me in a position of deeper rejection or more self-blame or contempt towards myself for creating, quote, problems, unquote. And then finally, denial says, I do not trust that anyone would care about what I have to say, even if I said it. So denial is a way to belong and matter puts us in a position rather of of belonging and mattering through fakery, acting, pretending, reactivity. And we get approval by becoming who we're not, instead of having genuine approval by being who we are. So denial and five characteristics say, I do not see, I do not feel, I do not need, I do not talk, and I do not trust. Now, I do not talk does not mean you're not talking. It means you're talking a lot, but it doesn't mean you're telling the truth about what's actually happening within you related to what you need, what you feel, and what you see. So you can see that what denial does, it robs us of the sixth freedom through the loss of the first five. In so many ways, denial robs a person of actually imagining themselves in a full life. So. I'm going to repeat the six freedoms, and then I'm going to repeat the five characteristics of denial, and then I want to step into a little section called, so what? I mean, so what? So what I've got denial, or so what I've got the freedoms. What does it even matter? Well, it matters like like crazy. The six freedoms, I was born with the freedom to see what I see, feel what I feel, need what I need, the ability to development of talking about What's going on with, with inside of me, and to be able to trust that others will care about what I'm saying. And that is called the development of the habits of the heart. And that will lead me to the sixth freedom the capacity to imagine and keep imagining as I grow up my life being lived fully. Denial that we end up inc- uh, encasing ourselves in to protect those freedoms, while at the same time, it puts us at risk of never getting them back. But denial is a way to belong and matter without expression of these freedoms. Denial says, I do not see so that I will not feel, which will lead me to needs I better not express. And it silences me from talking about or developing the habits of the heart. And then I end up distrusting others in my life and isolating myself from who I'm made to be and therefore ultimately what I'm truly made to do. So denial says, I do not see, I do not feel, I do not need, I do not talk, and I do not trust. Well, so the so what, so what? What's the big deal about need, the need to break denial? Well, two, two really, really important examples. Um, one is uh, rather not examples so much, but, but what happens if we, if we don't break denial by simply reclaiming What we see and what we feel, there's the beginning of reclaiming denial. It's like returning to the brain, the brain to the way it's made. And it doesn't mean happening immediately because trauma and loss and habits and time and being raised ignoring your heart all means that it takes a while to return, to come home to how you're created. But if you don't step through the the encasement of denial, sort of knocking your way out, And letting other letting other realities of those who do heart come in, you wind up missing your life. You short yourself. And then others will miss what you had to offer. And then you'll miss the joy of full contribution. And that's how come we need to break denial, return to the freedoms, and grow them with other people with us doing it. How come the need to break denial matters so much? Because if if we don't, we miss our lives we short ourselves. We, uh, others end up missing what, they, what we had to offer. And then we miss the joy of full contribution. A great example of that in, in some of the stories we've heard in our lives, Charles Dickens' famous novel, Christmas Carol, which was written to wake people up, to daring to hope again and attend to what we're made to do. Marley was Uh, Ebenezer Scrooge's business partner in life. And he had died, I think, about seven years before and came back to inform Ebenezer Scrooge of what the afterlife life is like if you wind up missing the life you had in reality. And um, Ebenezer Scrooge suggests to him that, uh, you know, we ran business and business is business. It's just these are the facts. You don't don't, uh, mix business and real life or real needs or real freedoms. And Marley uh, says, says to Ebenezer Scrooge, who's attempting to justify how he lives, and, that, and and Marley is in torment. He ends up saying to Ebenezer, business, business, the business of our lives is mankind. Marley says, mankind was my business. Humankind was my business. The common welfare of others was my business. Charity, mercy, forbearance, and benevolence was my business. And I did not attend to those things, Ebenezer. Wake up before you wind up being like me. And so there's the wake up of, of uh, sort of like uh, the threat that says, don't miss the life you have. And then there's another great example of don't miss. Because the biggest reason to deal with denial and to step through it and out of it and get more wake up, even though it's going to hurt, is so that you don't miss your life. So there's a don't miss it in terms of sort of a a command or a threat or a fear related to the consequences of what happens if you do miss it. And there's another example of, of don't miss it, which is celebratory. One is to avoid consequences, and the other one is to have all the game. There's a song that, well, that I think it came out in 2006. Uh, a woman, her name is uh, Martina McBride, uh, sang it in, in 2006. I know that's a little old now, but the name of the song was "Anyway," and it is a song about the six freedoms being being fully expressed. And, and some of the lines in the or the the uh, essential statement in the song is, "Even though you know." that you may sing a song that no one may end up hearing, even though you know you may build something that will will and can be torn down and won't last, even though you know that love might hurt and you could wind up in a position of pain, the song says, do it anyway. And the the six freedoms are about doing it anyway and not allowing denial to become the sort of the guidepost or the north star of our lives, doing everything we can to stay away from how we're created and wind up, one, with the consequences of having missed our lives, and then, two, the great tragedy of the joy we missed by not stepping into creativity. And I still contend that when you live the creative life, you are also living the virtuous life because you are expressing creation's um, expression through God of how we're created, and it can, it sort of it can almost can't help but become a virtuous expression, leading to benevolence and charity, and for, forbearance and recognition of the common welfare. Eventually, doing unto others uh, as we would have them do unto us, that we can literally see ourselves in other people and want them to have the same freedoms and wish, uh, wish them to grant the same to us. So we don't live in denial so that we won't miss our lives. And that's it for today. I, I hope and pray that you will continue to take the risk of claiming the five freedoms, being with six freedoms, rather, and being with people who support them, encourage them, help you grow them, guide them, and even help hone them, learning the discipline of them learning the, 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 the um, limits of them and learning how to grieve what we can't do but take the risk of, of what we can do, doing it anyway. So I hope you'll listen to that song by Martina McBride. Anyway, thank you so much and God bless you and I look forward to speaking with you again. Bye-bye.